What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Those toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Salty Dogs Podcast. Hello, everyone. I like that. Changing it up a little bit. Yeah. My name is Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are, but not very salty right now. We're feeling good. Um, Better than I did two weeks ago. How about that? Yeah, it it was funny because... Um, after the loss to Indianapolis, as they were turning the page, mm-hmm. head coach Todd Bowles told the team, "In eight days, you can be in first place." He did. The I guess the the night before uh, Saturday the, night before the Carolina the Carolina. Game. Yep, because the Buccaneers had an opportunity to beat the Panthers yes. and then the Falcons, and by Correct. and they did, and by doing so, as prophesied, right. the Bucks are tied for first. So, what does he say this Saturday night? Uh, he. Well, I'm sure he'll keep it focused on one game. Mm-hmm. So he's, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to say. You can't get to four unless you get to three. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't worry about anything else but tomorrow's game, perhaps. It. So the Buccaneers ended up at, are now at six and seven. So they they reeled in the Falcons who fell to six and seven. Uh-huh. Uh, the the uh, Saints had the Panthers. Yep. and Not to rip on the Panthers, but no, that, no. that was uh, – a likely win, which they handled pretty easily. They didn't take it lightly. Let's say that. And so Over. they're all they're all six and seven now. If you use if you apply tiebreakers right now, <laughs> yeah, the Buccaneers are in first. But I think you heard me t- talking about this earlier. I I don't like looking at who's in. I mean, you have to rank them. You have to put somebody in first. Well, yes, when you on, put when the, you put a graphic, gonna, yes, correct. Or you have a standings page on your website, correct. but. I don't like to say things like, well, the Buccaneers are in first place right now no. because tiebreakers as they stand now but that is a, don't mean anything. That yet. is a glass um, half full analogy. Okay. Because uh, because I might say we're tied for third place right now. <laughs> so <coughs> I hope you wouldn't say that because that's kind of silly. No, but it is. Um, the, the, the tiebreaker application, the Buccaneers and Falcons are both now three and one. In the division. In the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's a tie. They Their head-to-head is a tie. And so the next thing you go to is wins in common games. And I think because the Bucks beat the Titans and Atlanta lost to the Titans, the Bucks have one game better record in common games right now. Okay. Now, that that's number is still going to change. But if the Buccaneers were to win out, they know they have first because even right. if Atlanta also wins out – they will have beaten New Orleans, so they're out of the picture. The Bucks will, and then um, the Bucks will beat New Orleans. Yeah. 
And then Atlanta, we top Atlanta on that same Common Games tiebreaker. Where you want to be, you're in control of your own destiny. You yeah. Zero help. But I also think that's an overwrought phrase that we use. I mean, I wish there was a different way to say it. Or uh, just just understand that if the Bucks know that if they win out, but they, they're uh, going to be first. But are you really in control of your own destiny? Because do you really control every time the outcome of a game? Like, wouldn't okay. So maybe if you, the Packers beat us, don't you think they would say we we took control? So that's true. They be, they they got the game they just, needed. I, I I get tired of that phrase, but it's still okay. It, how about if we phrase it this way? I'm getting salty. The Buccaneers. Don't have to rely on anybody yeah, that's else. That's fine. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be nice if they could How's rely that? on those other opponents to yeah. stink. Though I the mean, four weeks. we don't. You do not have to scoreboard watch if you take care of business, right? And I think uh, Jason here on our staff told me today that he used one of those little playoff odds calculators. Oh yeah, yeah. and that if the Bucks can win their two remaining division games right. against New Orleans and Carolina, and win either. The Green Bay or the Jacksonville game that they have a ninety eight percent chance of making. Yeah, yeah I, I hate you that. don't like that. I hate that stuff. <laughs> I just you know it's like watching a game and it's in the fourth quarter and they go oh you know this team has ninety eight percent chance of you winning. You don't like those and a guy gets an inter- There's a fumble and he picks up runs in for a touchdown and then oh they have a zero chance because the game's <laughs> over. Well, no kidding. Jeez, I I I don't know. I, I understand it's all about you know the you odds have- and numbers and everybody loves it. But, you know, at the end of the day, the game's played by heart. Well, how about this? If It's all just a matter of how we're wording it in all of yeah. these things. Because true, if somebody said to you, in games that teams have been in similar situations in previous games, 72% of them won the game. Mm-hmm. That's all they're saying. Well, that's true. But that's like if you... And then they use the words win probability. Well, see, Tony Dungy used to always say teams that played on Monday night and then had to play on Sunday, their odds are down, too. I can't remember. Well, I hope that's true did. since the Packers it, it, played last right. night. They did. Um, and lost. And they did. They did, which I'm trying to decide if I'm happy or excited about. I know. You always I, have this deal I, where you think they're going to be more fired up because yeah. they just lost. However, if you look at – let's – if you look at all the playoff scenarios, uh, the wild card's up for grabs sure right is. now. Because yeah, everybody's 6-7 and seven right six, now. They're 6-6-7 six, six <laughs> yeah. which is nuts. So everybody's having a podcast right now talking about how <laughs> they can get into the playoffs. So, so the, uh, the Packers, the Bucks are not listed in that group because they are listed as the leader of the NFC South. Right. But then there's five other 6-7 and seven teams that would vie for the play, the last wild card spot. And the Packers actually have the top spot. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, now, due right to tiebreak, even yeah. after losing last night. Right. But it'll be uh, – what's, what's a good thing is that um, weather's going to be really nice up there. It's going to be really balmy. Get lucky again. High of 40? Yeah. That's balmy now, is it? If if you're in Wisconsin right now, <laughs> you're driving with the T-tops off and the T-shirt on. <laughs> Who are you kidding? They may not see 40 for the next six weeks. <laughs> it was like we got lucky when we went to Buffalo because it was really – it rained, of course. But, I mean, but it, the game day – was really very nice and uh, then a week later they had a snowstorm so <laughs> uh, a lot of people in this building are disappointed because they're not going to see snow those are people who have not dealt with it so <laughs> i'm i'm just like hey get in and get out let's go it's, it's weird to think that there's people 
that I know that I've never had to try to drive right. in a snowstorm. Right. I remember doing that so many times as, sure. a, as a teenager and young adult in right. St. Louis. Well, there's there's two uh, two types of people who have not dealt with that. The one who thinks it's going to be really, really awesome. And then the other one thinks that a dusting or one inch of snow is going to shut everything down. <laughs> and you have to explain to them that no, in those places, they don't shut down unless they get about a foot in about 12 hours. Then they might shut down. But other than that, they're plowing. I remember one period of days uh, in St. Louis one year when I was a kid. <clears throat> my parents were divorced. And at this point, my dad was remarried and also living in St. Louis. And I saw I would spend some time over there. Uh -huh. Went over there one night or one day and um, for a couple days. And we got hit with a giant snowstorm yep. and their house was on a cul-de-sac at the that one at the bottom of a hill right and we literally could not get out you could walk out yeah through like two three feet of snow but you couldn't get the cars out yeah so you were stuck in the house and it's just weird to think that people have to deal with that when, when i lived in binghamton new york you would go to bed at night and they would say snow flurries and you would wake up with a foot of snow flurries on the ground <laughs> that's more than a flurry you know it? Or, or and it wasn't uncommon for them to shut down uh you know the state emergency where you were only allowed out um oh really i don't yeah. remember that and then when i was when i at that time you could um legally drink in new york at 18 <laughs> okay and so they shut down the roads and you, you couldn't drive your car or anything that being said snowmobiles work very very well <laughs> all right maybe we should actually talk about this atlanta game uh, what a crazy game. Tell me something you really liked. Tell I me liked, what the favorite thing you saw. Uh, my favorite thing was uh, missed field goals. That was crazy. It was like you could not believe that was happening. You know who you have to thank for that? Uh, Pat O'Connor. Me. Why? Before the first one, I turned to Andrew, who was next to me, and said, this guy never misses. Oh. And then he dunked it off the upright and Andrew's like nice work Scott yeah nice you I did. forgot to say it after the for, before the second one yep. but apparently Pat O'Connor says he got a fingertip he on did. it or something that's what I heard yes um, so that's cool good job Pat but yeah literally Young Way Koo had missed one field goal all year 24 of 25 yeah and he we, he beat us on a 50 something field goal that's what that's seven yeah that's what warmed my heart <laughs> my, well my first thought was why couldn't you have done that in week seven yeah, and missed yeah. Then my second one was, okay, this is, this is good. This is, uh, you know, you have to take uh, advantage of your opportunities and they did have those opportunities and they missed it. So, so he had been three for three from beyond 50 this year, uh -huh. 23 of 28 in his career from beyond 50. Of course, you know, who's better than that? Our guy. Chase McLaughlin. Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> hit a, he goes out there and hits a 55 yarder yeah. <laughs> and you're seeing him line up for it. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, he'll probably make this. Yeah. He'll, he'll probably make a 55-yarder. We yeah. would have never said that 20 years the ago. Only guy, the only guy I have to say that's making me wonder is the Dallas Cowboys field goal kicker. What's up with that guy? Kicking a 59-yarder and, and and had room to go. He, he had a 60-yarder also in that game. And he never really played football. He played soccer, <laughs> which I love. Yeah, you know, He just wasn't really interested in it. And, uh I, I guess nowadays you got a guy that can kick a sixty-yard field goal. You're, you know, you're playing half a field. That changes everything, and yeah. and and they're not afraid to go for it anymore. You, you, the calculus used to be different because, like you just said, they're not afraid to go for it. You mean not afraid to go for it on fourth down, or no, not no. afraid to go for the long field not, goal? Not afraid to right, go for the long field goal. The punitive value of it is. If, if that's a 55-yard field goal, that means the ball is snapped to the 45, mm -hmm. and that's where the other team will take over if you miss. Right. So. 
that's pretty big. It is. Um, you know, we had he's got four Chase does four field goals of fifty five or longer this year, two fifty fives and two fifty sevens. You know how many of those we had? He nobody else, no other kicker in Bucks history has ever had more than two field goals of fifty five yards or longer in a season. And he's the first one to have four in his Buccaneer career. Wow. Reach over and hit your fan. Oh, yeah. Good call. Thank you. So, um, see how quiet it is now. I was I, so, I, I sorry for out. the first 10 minutes of what is that hum as it's, you're listening it's to the this fan? Podcast. I like to play in my office because I like to, you like to keep be cool. The, Here's the difference Scott has a fan on and is wearing a t shirt. I have a sweatshirt on, a hoodie. <laughs> I was cold in the office yesterday. It I'll was. admit it. It was cold. That's why I was wearing that pullover uh-huh. earlier, but I got hot. And it was cold in Florida this morning. It was. 45, I wasn't, 43. It was, it was on Monday morning, too, and I wasn't prepared for it, uh-huh. and I was cold all day. And today I was ready. Wow. But as the day goes on, I get hot. Yes. Uh, I was trying to say. We've only had a couple field goal kickers that were able to kick 55-plus well, yards. Well, we've never had one have more than three of those in their career as a Buccaneer, and wow. Chase has four of them this year. There have been 17 field goals in team history of 55 yard successful ones at 55 yards or longer. And Chase has four of them wow. in just 13 games played. Keep going, my friend. His only two. We have to do a lot of knocking on one here. And I've actually seriously been avoiding talking about this because I didn't want to yeah, be a jinx. Especially. But it's time yeah. to talk about it now. Well, you have, you can't ignore it. And he he has missed only twice this year and both were blocked. Mm-hmm. Now, as I think we've said before, it's impossible to know whose fault that is. Um, was it going to be good or did he hit it right. too low and that's why it was blocked? Right. You don't know. But still, you could conjecture that possibly he could be – he hasn't misfired on a kick all season. Yeah. Um, yes. So special teams, everyone kind of ignores special teams. They were ne- big in that game. That was the difference. The field goal kick. Now, we did allow some long punt returns, mm-hmm. which has been a bit of a problem for us. Sometimes that's because Chase McLaughlin – not Chase McLaughlin – Jake Camarda outkicks. punts at 8,000 miles. Yeah, outkicks his coverage. And they so, like, like I say. think there was one where they had an, like a 15 or 18-yard return, but because he punted it so far, it was still like a 48-yard net, which right. you'll take every day. Yeah, yeah. You expect that now. That's the problem. You expect per- perfection I do think we. Time. I do think we sometimes have little coverage breakdowns, though, and I'm, I'm concerned that a punt return is coming. I'm also yeah. concerned that a punt block is coming because it seems like they've been getting close a lot lately. Well, hopefully um, special teams coaches are looking at it right now going, maybe we need to fix this. Yeah. If you're spotting it, I'm just saying. Have you noticed? Yes, there have been some issues. Um, the, the Luckily, thing, it hasn't burned them. They haven't, yeah, I think there's been a couple times when the, if the guy had just committed to it, he probably would have got it, but they're terrified of getting the roughing the kicker yeah. penalty. So unless they're absolutely sure, they pull off. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because well, I think we would have had a couple, and those can be completely game-changing. Yeah, and that's I think that's what's it, it's interesting. You start – I don't know how many games this year, but to me, it all of a sudden, it seems like more games are being decided by special teams play. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if that's real or not. I'm bringing so, that up to Other you. than long field goals, I don't feel that way because yeah. there haven't been a ton of returns. No, it was one against the – Ravens put one up. Yeah, they won yeah. a game on it. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great way to win a game. And uh, he, yeah, he was just brought up that day. So and I, I read some comments. Apparently, he thought he did poorly earlier in the game. So yeah. he, was, like, he was doing his post game interview, and he's like, "I'm really glad that happened because I I was playing bad." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep so, playing, keep playing bl- bad if you're going to do it. That I way. think my favorite 
moment in that game was the third and 10 completion to Chris Godwin. Oh, yeah. I went down. So I've explained this before and nobody cares, I'm sure. But near the end of the game, I have to decide whether I'm going to leave my laptop in the press box, go down and get quotes and come back up and finish. Yeah. Or if I think that's going to take too much time because the pack up and go downstairs because of the. Which I don't know why you don't do that. Because it's a lot harder to work downstairs. Oh. There's no real place for me, so I have to set up like two chairs next to each other or something. Okay. I'm not good at typing on a laptop actually on my lap. Ah. That's the issue. Otherwise, I'd just go straight to the bus. You're a desktop. Well, I can use a laptop, but I, I really like to use a mouse. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's because well, we're salty dogs. Yeah, when, when, I have to, we're old. when I'm trying to do editing and sending stuff on the bus, I don't have a mouse, and I'm still I'm working off the laptop. yeah. yeah. And it takes me like the twice kids. as long to do something. And it's just so frustrating. But the kids these days don't use laptops. No. I mean, uh, mouse, mice, mice. <laughs> uh, I hate those Mises pieces. <laughs> so the, um, is that from a cartoon? Yes, it is. Thank you for remembering. Yeah. I yeah. Remember that. Isn't, wasn't it with Tom and Jerry and it was the cat that would always say, I hate these Mises, the pieces. Maybe. Yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. you're a gazelle? No, oh, it's it's one. It's a cartoon where the mouse is trying to convince the dog that he's various different animals. Do you remember Pepe Le Pew? Yeah, of course. Okay, it's mm. kind of problematic. Yeah, you know, he was basically <laughs> yeah. stalking and trying to assault these cats. Yeah, when well, he would go take their arms and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah, you can't do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only reason I always remember your gazelle is. Because my wife's name is Giselle, Giselle. and she's heard that said Say, to her. Oh, and she's not. Does no, not, she does not like that. She no. doesn't think, find that funny no, at all. She or she'll go, oh, I've never heard that one. Before. I showed her the clip of the cartoon because she hadn't heard of it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, God, we are really <laughs> getting off. We are really getting off course here. So third and ten play to Chris Godwin. I had gone downstairs in this particular yep. case, and so I, when I left. They had, I think Atlanta had just scored. And they so did. it didn't feel great. No, no, no. Well, that's because we scored and you're feeling good. And then they just come marching down and you're thinking, okay, just hold them, hold them, hold them. And we didn't. And it didn't look pretty. It looked like they were, they were starting to hit on all cylinders again. Yeah. But Baker had one more shot. He did. And um, they had. So Chris is. Both coach, yeah. So it's third and ten. I has I'm down here in the press conference room now, and there's a TV on, but no sound. Uh-huh. And you know, it just we had a couple incompletions, but then got a defensive holding call that helped, and then we had yeah. a couple more incompletions. Right. So it was round midfield, and it was third and ten. I'm and thinking two feeling down. bad. Yeah, I'm thinking two. Well, down so territory. was Baker, or yeah. so was Coach. Apparently, because um, they were just hoping to get some yards, right? So they decide maybe to kick a long field goal or go for it on fourth, but they got yeah, big thirty two yards, yeah. And now you're at the 15. And so the Bucks were losing by three. I don't know how cautious you need to be with your play calling at that point, because you got to make sure you at least get the three. Right. You got to make sure. But you, you obviously want, want to get the seven. You got to, you got a chance to end it all now. Anyway, the both coaches said after the game, both of them confirmed it very clearly. Both that coaches being Todd. Todd and, Bowles and, and Arthur Dave. Smith. Oh, Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith. The okay. Falcons head coach. That. The crux of their game plan on defense was to take away Mike Evans. Oh. It's not just Todd saying it. Arthur right. Smith said it, too. Okay. So, they so they're basically like, saying you got to beat us with the run. That was the first thing. They dared you. They dared us to win with the run, which the Buccaneers ended up with a season-high 148 rushing yards because wow. they stuck with it because, really, yeah. they only had 38 yards in the first half, and it wasn't going very well. They were averaging like 2-point-something yards per carry. 
Second half, it got way better. And I could picture in my head, almost every carry was like at least four or six yards. And Mm -hmm. then every down, then it was 12 or 15. So it was really good. The second thing is when you have to throw the ball, we tried to hit Mike a few times on that last drive, but mostly we couldn't get him the ball. So somebody else has to step up. Cade had the touchdown and Chris had five catches. Now that was on 11 targets. So I think I would bet if he were in the room right now, and we asked him, Baker Mayfield would say that was not his best game of the season. Yeah. Even close. It, it may have been his most exciting struggle yeah. for most of it. But then he makes the makes, final drive yeah. that it, very nice pass to Chris over a defender. There was only about a yard of separation when he threw the ball, but he got it over that guy right to Chris. Mm-hmm. And then the touchdown play, um, according to the next gen stats, only had a 36% chance of being complete, but it was such a good pass. And Kate is reliable and the ball's there. Yeah. So. That would, I was happy. So anyway, Godwin, a week after mild controversy erupts right. because he didn't have any catches in the win over Carolina, although yeah. he did score on a touchdown run. Uh, and then Todd Bowles said something. It was completely innocent. And, and Chris acknowledged that when he was talking on Wednesday, he said, coach had no malice with what he no. said. But he basically said one of the reasons that he, Chris didn't have any catches is because because he was so banged up. Like, he was questionable for the game with, sure. with a neck injury yeah, yeah, that yeah, he was yeah. coming in and out of the game. Right. I, I truly believe that Todd believed that to be true. Right. But then you look at the snap counts, and Chris and, had like 50 – he had as many snaps as Mike Evans. He had like 54 or 62 or something. Yeah. So that wasn't – it wasn't meant to be misleading. He was just – coach was just inaccurate for a moment. Right. But some – there caused some friction. Well – It all got cleared up. But here's here's the, here's the thing. It was handled really well. By Chris in particular. By Chris, yes. And even his wife, Myra, she um, explained what her frustration was. Is it Myra or Mariah? Mariah. And um, those two are very much in sync with each other. Yeah, they're a very close couple who kind of consider they they work together on everything. Right. It's a really great relationship. It is. It is. And if you have well if you're fortunate enough to have meet them they're they're yeah. they're really very very down to earth um just quality people period I think, I think they had a, a community event at the zoo today I believe they did so so in fairness um you know she was a little frustrated and you know what she was she was speaking up for her man just in a but it but it's a I learning it, but it's a learning lesson for everybody because once you put something on social media no matter how yeah. you meant it, it gets its own yeah. legs. And yeah. once that happens, you, you're just like, oh, great. That's that, you know. I, but Chris, the next day. I don't think anybody here had any problems with anything that Mariah or Chris said. No. But on Twitter, there's always Twitter trolls. Oh, you look. There's always Twitter trolls. Look, Present company excluded. Anybody it, listening? It is. That's just the world right it's now. It's just going to happen. It's the world that, uh, hey, you know, whatever. It's blue. No, it's not. It. it that's why I don't. It, it, no. That's why I don't go off topic on Twitter ever. Right. All I use Twitter for is trying to give information. To yes, fans. you do. You do. I don't talk about my life. No. But interesting enough. But interesting on. enough. Your tweet was part of her. I know. And that was. <laughs> I was that's, little. That's when I saw. What I saw. Because I tweeted what Coach said. Correct. And when I did so, I was just taking him at his word. Yeah. Then I got up later, and saw. Looked at the snap counts. I'm like, well, that's. Yep. That, he misspoke on that one. But I didn't realize it was going to become an issue. No. But I when I saw hers, it, I saw yours, <laughs> and I went. Oh boy! And all I saw was your name, so I wanted to read it real quick. Yeah, I didn't say, do anything what wrong. What did he do? <laughs> I just reported what was said. Yeah, but it, interesting enough, that all happens, right? 
And then you go to Atlanta and the head coach of the Falcons say, we're going to take Mike Evans out. So now Chris is getting the ball. Well, of course, everybody's now feeling like, well, we forced oh, there, you know, this is what I was. It was a legitimate concern that you would force the ball at Chris and put it in yeah. ball in harm's way. But that's not what happened. No, no. He was there to get to make the play. Yeah. So, and he ended up leading the team with five catches for 53 yards. And he made the huge, huge play that we yeah. had to have. And and Mike was happy with where he was. At, well, he's already you know? over a thousand. So. Right. But but you know what? If you don't if you're if you are a wide receiver or a running back and, or a tight end, and you are not complaining that you're not getting the ball <clears throat> internally. I'm not saying outwardly, but somewhere you want the ball somewhere down the line. You go, come on, I you know, throw me it, throw me it, you know. What and do you, do you think Coquif wants the ball? I think he does. Yeah, he, he got thrown the ball thrown to him once in that game. Yeah, and, and um, <clears throat> Cade wants it. I think all of them want it. I thought I thought I thought it was a balanced attack. It was a struggle. Let's not sugarcoat it. We only right. had 85 yards in the first half. It was better in the second half. The run game got going. That's what I'm talking about there. Um, and, oh, the old line did a really nice job. And uh, Carlton. Uh, oh, wow, what a jump that was. <laughs> wow. Carlton gave us a very short field for one touchdown. Mm-hmm. We got a safety. Antoine knocking the ball out. So we only had 85 yards of offense in the first half, but we were winning 12 to 10. Yep. And then we had a good one good drive in the third quarter to make it nineteen ten. Mm-hmm. The defense was really good in the third quarter because Atlanta kept getting the ball in good territory right. and they kept getting third down stops. And Atlanta punted on four how straight many, drives. How many touchdowns were in the second half between both teams? Five or four? Well, we had both teams had three, right? In the second half, both teams had three total. Okay, so that's six, and each team had one in the first half, so there were four in the four, second. Four. Okay, so there was. There was the uh, Baker Mayfield ran one in. Yep. After the which was a great which was a great fake because you where we were sitting we couldn't tell who ha- oh, we really? knew because he it was his own read it, yeah and he he looked like he handed it off mm-hmm. yeah that's good because we hadn't done that once all season right and we have been just handing it off in that situation every right. time so every now and then it, uh, that's why I said last week Dave Canales after putting a lot after the Bucks putting a lot on film tape throughout the season is starting to do some even more creative wrinkles that are playing off of what our opponents should expect based on what we've done so far. Right. And that's going to, and, and it's coming at a really great time <laughs> Just say it. Yeah. No, but um, anyway, but let's not sugarcoat it. That, that no. was a struggle offensively for most of the day, but Baker didn't have his best day, but you did what you needed to do to win. Yeah. I just don't, the, there are obviously Baker detractors out there. Oh, no if question. If you look at Twitter, you see people oh. arguing. You see people arguing, and, and plenty of them saying, hey, he's doing just fine. And others are like, he's the reason we're losing, which that's the part I don't agree the, with. I, I, I got nothing on that one because that is you, – you are so far off if you're thinking Baker Mayfield's the reason why you're not winning. I agree, but there are people – I was reading them, and, and I saw a Rick Stroud tweet about it so i started reading what he was responding to and uh-huh. it was basically a guy saying you guys are crazy for keep saying good things about baker he's the reason we're losing right. so there are people out there that think that you're entitled to your opinion yeah and baker may make you right baker mayfield is not the league mvp he hasn't no. played like josh allen or no you know brock purdy or but he's been good do you think i'll tell you what i think after i ask you do you think that the 
national coverage on Jordan Love, the Packers quarterback who's in his first season as a starter, mm-hmm. trying to replace Aaron Rodgers, who replaced Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like they've judged his season to be? Well, they think he's the next – he's he's coming on. He started out a little shaky, but now he's got it together and he's playing well until last night. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. And that's usually – that exactly, is, I want and to that is the, And that's the narrative that – what a great move. Uh, Packers only have had three quarterbacks in, what, 30 years? Um, okay, but just on the most basic level, yeah. you and I both think that the treatment of Jordan Love oh, has yeah. been good. Sure. It's been the base, and I agree that the main storyline has been, yeah, he was a little shaky at first, but you know what? He, he, he looks pretty good. He looks yep. very promising, and he's proving that he should get a chance to be the long-term starter. No question. Okay, let me read you some numbers. Okay. Quarterback A has thrown for 2,934 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and an 89.7 passer rating. That's pretty good. Quarterback B has thrown for 3,084 yards, 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and an 89.0 passer rating. Hmm. Who are those two quarterbacks? I'm going with B is Baker. Actually, A was Baker. Ah. B was Love. But my point is they're practically Awful close. identical. Yeah. Right? Okay. 2934 to 3084 yards. That's yeah. a difference of 150 yards. Right. I, I, I was looking more at the, I probably shouldn't have said that because of the touchdowns. A 20 to 8 TD to INT yeah. ratio for Baker, 23 to 11 for Love. Oh. 89.7 yeah. okay. pass yeah. rating for Baker, 89.0 for Love. Yeah, that's pretty equal because you lose you they're, lose they're points same, for interceptions. They're basically the same numbers, and yeah. yet the narrative on Love is, wow, this is the QB of the future, and the narrative on Baker is... That's because Baker was the new shiny penny a number of years ago, and he's and not anymore. Love, right? right, and now it's you, and it's also the Packers, which they get a lot of love for whatever, you know. You know, and it's a big storyline because of, uh, you know, they lose their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers leaves, and everyone thinks that... There's nothing going to happen for the Packers this year, or they thought great things were going to happen for the Packers this year. And as we said previously, uh, Jordan Love started out slow, came on pretty strong. But I, th- I still think you know there's issue, there's not issues. I, I takes a while. He hasn't hasn't been a starter. Yeah, he, he spent three years not being a starter, and that that seems to be the Packers' narrative yeah, because and it's it. worked out very well it sure for them. Has. So you kind of. I kind of like Jordan Love, so in one hand, I want him to succeed, not this week. But on the other hand, how can a team get – if he ends up being like a 10-year starter right. after they had a Favre and Rodgers for 30 years, it doesn't seem fair. No. Let me ask you this. Mm. We're going to face Jordan Love this weekend. We are. It's not Aaron Rodgers and it's not Brett Favre. How many times from 1993 through last year did the Bucks play any other starting quarterback for the Packers – since 93? From 93 through – so that's a total of 30 seasons. How many times did the Bucks face the Packers with a starting quarterback other than Favre or Rodgers? No, I don't think they have. One time. Oh. In 2017, Rodgers was hurt when we played against Brett Hundley. Who? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did we <sighs> – Hundley. Did we win that game? No. Wow. That's not good. Yeah, we – well, I mean, were we good in 2017? Not really. No. But still – Okay, that's Ooh, interesting. I think I stood up too fast. My you did. You're getting a little dizzy there. I felt you're, a little dizzy. You're, you're weaving. Um, sometimes I stand up in the middle of the podcast. Yes, we know. We, you know, 
Uh, whatever. What? No, no, say, no, 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 I don't want to promise something. I'll tell Go you, ahead. I'll tell you later what I was going to say and why I didn't. What? Never mind. Never God, mind. inquiring minds want to know. I'll, I, I will say something I forgot to say. We okay. were talking about Mike Evans, um, and he only had one catch for eight yards in this game because they made a point of taking him away. Uh-huh. The previous week, as we all know, and we've already talked about, he had a huge game and got over a thousand yards. You know, all those records. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I would just like if fans and there was a lot. Everybody the emails last week was about Mike Evans. Sure. So if you're interested in Mike Evans content, keep an eye on the website in the days to come because pretty soon we're going to have. We did an interview with Mike where he had a Surface tablet and he watched all ten receptions that got him over a thousand yards each year and wow. talked about them and it was yeah. really entertaining. Yes. So keep That's an eye out, out for that. I wrote okay. a I wrote a piece what, for when's it. When's it too. getting? Uh... It's probably within the next day or two. Okay, that'll be good. Looking forward to that. Look forward on Buccaneers.com. Other platforms, too, but I'll have a story up, and it'll also be embedded in the story. All right. So that'll be fun. Good. So Antoine Winfield Jr. Wow. Does he make a giant play every single week? Yes, but you can't play center field and let the ball come to you. you got to go to the ball. (laughs) I'm just saying. He didn't jump. And tomorrow, when I go see see him in the locker room, I I told you this, right? No. Um. A few games ago, uh, he had an opportunity for an interception. And I spoke about it on the podcast. Like, I wonder if he laid in bed that night and (laughs) went. So I actually saw him. And and I did. And he laughed and he explained the whole thing to me. And I went, okay. And so I said, well, then you're you're ready for the next one. He goes, yep. So he gets a pick against against the Panthers. And I saw him in the locker room. I went, hey. Not to say that I'm taking credit on this, but we talked and he started laughing. He goes, no, I like this. This is good. So, okay, fine. Well, he has an opportunity. He gets a pick, Yeah, it's, but unfortunately it's called back because of a penalty. Like on the other side of the field. Right. But it was a legit penalty. Can't put hands to the face. Can't have that. I know. It just stinks for Antoine. I, I know. Yeah, Levante tipped it. Right. And then, and then later on in the game, it looked like there's going to be this great interception. He looked like he was playing center field. So I'm going to have to have a mm. little talk with him. But well, as Coach Bulls said, he he didn't jump, so the, right. the, he waited for it. And he well, jumped. London was a, that was a pretty remarkable catch. It was a remarkable catch, and London has a lot of size on Antoine. So yeah. even if Antoine had jumped, London still might have caught it. Over but you him. kind of felt like it was your big brother. You know, you're you're the little brother. You're standing there. Here comes the, the ball. ball. You're waiting for the ball, and big brother steps in and just scoops it away yeah. from you. That's that was it. And it's like Kelly Leak and Bad News Bears. Yeah, <laughs> running in front of the other outfielders <laughs> yeah. and catching the ball. Um, yeah, that, but that wasn't great. But Winfield did have a yet uh, another great blitz. Unreal. He's got four sacks now. I know. He's this is a wild stat. So he's got four sacks, three three or four forced fumbles, and three f- fumble recoveries. Uh huh. He's the first defensive back to have all those things in a season since two thousand two. I know, crazy. If this guy, we're going to talk about this every week. Uh-huh. If this Went. guy is not an all pro, first team all pro. And you said he should be before the season even started. Yeah. Now, well, I'll resurface that article yeah. if and when it happens. I think Jesse Bates is, is a lock for one of them. Yeah. Because he gets the picks and the voters right. love picks. Everybody loves picks. But Antoine does everything. He does. And in this game, he, he basically forced a safety. Patrick O'Connor gets the points because Antoine stripped the ball out of Ritter's um, hand. Yep. And then their fullback, Keith Smith, picked it up. But before he could go anywhere, O'Connor tackled him. So technically, it was O'Connor who yeah. got the safety. So, clo- so close to a touchdown in there. Ah, yeah, no, the ball was bouncing it's, around. It's like, 
Whoa. That would have been nice. It, it's, but, you know, it, it, it. But a safety's fun, too. It is. First it, one we've had in three years. Right. And and you can't say enough about Antoine. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. Oh, so man, it's the, pretty impressive. This is the 48th season of Buccaneer football. Mm-hmm. 48 seasons, probably, what, 600, 700 games, something? Something like that. Um, how many safeties have the Bucks had? I think they only had, like, three. You think we've only had three safeties in the entire history of the team? Yeah. How many? I thought you were going to guess way too high. No, how many? 14. Really? Must have been early in the... Uh, just, I can't remember the last one. I just told you it was in two. Th- it was three years ago in 2020. It Where was, was Shaq the one after, Barrett in when, Denver. When was the one after that? I don't know. Okay. I guess they're not memorable. Nine different players, nine different Bucks have a safety because um, the other five were team oh, tribute okay. team because the ball rolls right. out of the end zone. It's team. Team gets it. Nobody so knows. you know something that only happens once every three years, three yeah. or four years. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta celebrate that. Yeah, though no, it's. Um, there were six fumbles in that game, and none of them were recovered by the other team. I know. How crazy is that? I wish there were because four of the six were by them. Although one of them would have lost the game for us because Rashad fumbled on that fourth and one carry, but got it back. Right. Probably. Yes. It keeps it exciting, you know. Like I said, like I said, you, you, you. Um, I wonder. There was a play where I think there was a tight end, Michael Pruitt. Uh, fumbled and Levante was tackling him. Zion McCollum got credit for the f- forced fumble. Right. And for a moment, Levante is lying on his yeah. back with the ball in his hands and the, uh, the tight end is on top of him. Yeah. And then I think maybe it was Yaya came running in and tried to, you know, he's thinking loose ball and tried yep. to grab yep. it and end up knocking it out of bounds. Yep. But wasn't Levante down and in possession of the ball? I don't know if they called him in possession because they it was just over. Didn't his, have it yet. Yeah, they didn't have it yet. Yeah. I, it, I thought it I saw like one it. shot where his hands were above his head and he was holding onto the ball. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, we wouldn't have won it on a no, on a um, challenge. No, no. They got the challenge on Mike Wright too. Unfortunately, they did. They did. That was that was a bummer. Yeah, but Andrew, I talked about Andrew in communication sitting next to me on that play. He saw Mike open in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. really early because he was like. Throw it to Mike. Throw it to Mike. Yeah. Throw it to Mike. But Baker had to get out because he was scrambling out. And he, I think he had to get it over one. He had to freeze one. He had to make sure one corner wasn't dropping, he said. So by the time he threw it, it became an acrobatic play. Yeah. It would have been easy touchdown if he threw it one second earlier. Right. And the other side of the coin, if you're saying, well, why did Mike put his hand down? And you're, you know, you got to. Oh, you don't you, not. When you're you, falling. I, I'm just saying this is, you know, because you look at it and you go. Oh, if he just kept both hands there yeah, and just sure. plowed into the turf, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Tell, show me somebody who does that. <laughs> I know. Your I, face is headed I, to the ground. You're putting your hand out. You don't I even made, think about it. I made a comment to Dave about that, and he goes, no, that hurts. <laughs> you know, which is, you do that, that just hurts. But it was a phenomenal uh, um, placement of his feet to get his feet down. Yeah, yeah. Because his feet were in. It was he, just, he dragged that second yeah, time. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. So you got to love that. Speaking of Levante, it was so great to have him oh, back. Oh, it was wonderful to have him back. And he didn't look like he was suffering at all. Now it'll be, you know, fun to, uh, not fun. It'll be good to see him in the locker room tomorrow, Thursday, and see how he feels because, you know, like any other sports injury, kind of like your shoulder after the couch incident. I'll be quiet. It's a few days later that it hurts more than it does when it Do we have happens. to refer to it as a couch incident? Well, what would you call it? The dog incident. I okay, we'll call, it, shoulder. we'll call it the dog Do incident. We ha- okay, so I guess this is like father like son because last night, uh-oh. My son Alex was playing pickup basketball at Georgia Tech, and he hurt his shoulder. 
um, oh. on a like he got knocked into some big crate or something. But um, he thought it was dislocated originally, right? And then somebody he knew who had some knowledge expertise in this area Googled, checked him out, and said it didn't seem dislocated, but he might have a torn rotator cuff. Great, which That's, would actually would be, be worse. worse. Because that's his left arm, and he's a left-handed pitcher on their club baseball team. Oh, no. So that would have been bad for him. But he went to the doctor today, and it, it's just something like a bad bruise and a, yeah. and a collection owl. of blood. Yeah, it's so an owie. He has to take some medicine, but yeah. he should be okay. Okay. So that's what I should have said, that I hurt myself playing basketball. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't have to be honest about No, you, and you were very forthcoming about it. That's why I was laughing so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't listen last week, I think I partially dislocated my shoulder getting off the couch yeah because the that's dog a, was there and that's a classic it. yeah blame the dog put my hand down yep all right uh here's another thing all right nine points basically because the falcons had two one play drives on offense that were started inside their own tent there was the interception by yep. carlton and right. the safety which Winfield caused. Both right. of those were on first down. Quit, quit clicking your pen. Okay, Dad. Most Both of those were on first down, the first play of the drive that started inside the 10. And you know what that means? Mm, we're good. Good special teams. Oh. Because we're we downing, the, in, downing in. the ball inside the 10. Yep. That's good special teams. It, that's why coaches are always saying that, Talking about complementary football and either offense, defense working together. Yep. Um, you know, the D line and the secondary working together. Complementary football can apply to special teams too because mm -hmm. you don't think about the fact you you remember that Carlton Davis got a pick that led to a touchdown. You remember that Antoine Winfield got a strip sack that led to a safety. But you but don't you, know why. You don't remember that well, it was yeah. because of a great punt or great coverage or whatever that put the ball down at like the old the eight yard line. It's the old flip the field. I'm going to have to put this pin down because I can't not click it if I'm I know. It. But you have to understand people who are listening going, what is that? Well, it's a mystery for them. Uh, no, it's called irritating because <laughs> it was irritating me. Yeah, yeah well, you're easily irritated by noises. This though. is true. All right, here's another thing. Easily distracted by noises also. Tiny pin. Yes. In the last two games, our opponents, the Panthers and the Falcons, have uh -huh. had nine third downs on which they needed either one, two, or three yards. Right. They only converted one of those. Right. But what, what is their conversion rate when they're third down and plus 10 yards? You it think, always seems. You think I don't know this? No, I know you do. That's why I'm asking it. To me, it always seems like, oh, we got them right where we want them. And then that big third down play, you know. So are you saying over 10 yards? Yeah, well, it's over 10 yards. You know yards. how many times that an opponent has converted a, a third down of over 10 yards against us this year? How many? Four. Okay. So it's not so, happening as often as you think. Okay. How about four out of 30? How about five yards? Uh, I have between four and six. And um, the, oh, the conversion rate in that range is 41.3. Okay. But it's been a lot better of late. Uh, last three games in that regard, four games, 0 and 3, 0 and 2, 1 and 3, 2 and 8. Uh, so we've maybe. just, we've just, we're the only team that has held six straight opponents to below 40% conversion rate on third downs nice not saying in any way that wasn't a gigantic problem earlier in the year and there's some plays that remember that were long and that's why we feel that way uh -huh. but they've essentially fixed that problem uh there have been seven of those over 
10 yards in the last two games, and none of them have been converted. That 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 Atlanta game kind of reminded me of the first game of the season against Minnesota. No turnovers, nip well, and tuck. One turnover. Did Minnesota had one turnover? No, we, oh, we had did. one turnover. You mean we didn't turn the ball yeah, over? Yeah, we, oh, didn't okay, turn okay. The, we didn't turn the ball nip over. Nip and tuck. Yeah, where you're just kind of you know, battling back and forth which way this is going to go and then make it happen. Yes, very solid. Um, I'm looking at my phone. Should you act like why? you're at me? Why? What do you got? Giselle's asking me if I want dinner tonight. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. If what I do, do we either. ask her? I want to know what we're having. <laughs> okay. This is good podcast. Yeah. Well, no, it just goes to show that a lot's going on that I am not on the phone. You, I don't think you've been on the phone the entire time. I haven't because it hasn't or if you blown did, up. If you did, you've been doing it very surreptitiously. No, no, no. I nothing, Nothing's happening. It's been kind of quiet, which is a good thing. That's kind of... Oh, no, I just got something. Okay, that's good. Um, that's the difference between a Victory Monday, which was great to have again. Um, I, I like coming in on Victory Monday. Everybody's in a good mood. Players uh, come in, get their treatment. Then they go ahead and move on out. Quick little meeting and... Uh, off they go. So I I would totally enjoy the next four weeks of Victory Mondays. <laughs> Not that I want a lot. And, you know, I'm going to – I'm really asking a lot, and I'll say this next week, but I'm just saying I want a Christmas gift of a win against Jacksonville. So I'm not expecting much. But that's, that's your Christmas wish? Yes, that is my Christmas wish. All right. Uh, Kate Otten. Great catch. Played – all but two snaps in that game. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that every single week. Oh, here's here's yep. Savannah with my weekly. And she's got yep. the idea now of sticking yep. it under the door. Yep. She We've got her trained she well. She waved now. and put mine in my office. <laughs> I like it. Um, he has played 97.2% of the Bucks' offensive snaps this year. Really? No other tight end in the entire league is over 90%. Next on the list is George Kittle. At like 89.1%. How many catches does George Kittle have compared to? Probably more. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not saying Kaden's one of the most productive tight ends in the league in terms of receptions. He's given us a good number, but yep. he's not outrageous or anything. He's doing his responsibilities. He just, as Coach says, every time he's asked about he does everything right. He runs the route the way he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Every little thing that he's supposed to do, he does it right every time. And so when it comes to, on that play, for instance... Baker knew he would be there. Yep. And they were doubling Mike. Yeah. I watched the play earlier today. They had their best corner on top of Mike, and they had the safety, Jesse Bates, their best safety behind him. And as soon as Mike ran his little shallow slant, Bates came down towards him. Basically, you're saying he's not taking any plays off. Kate isn't. He can't. They won't take him out of the game. But I talked to him in the locker room once after he had played every game, every snap of the game. Did he say, I'm tired? No, it it was on Wednesday. Oh. But he's like... Well, I like that. I, I want to be out there. I want to play. <laughs> I like playing every snap. That was funny. Uh, we were talking about going to Green Bay in cold weather, and, and Dave Moore said that the part about he uh, liked about playing in Green Bay, the good part was he was playing tight end, but he was also playing special teams, so he was pretty much running around the whole time, so Kept he was warm. warm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> which is when you think about it in those terms, I like it. You know? So so anyway, Kate, I, I looked it up like – no bucks tight end since they've been tracking this uh-huh. has been anywhere near that amount of usage. Um, I mean, take, take um, Rob Gronkowski. Right. He did everything great, right? Great mm-hmm. blocker. Yeah. Um, he never played more than 75% in either of his two years, played more than 75% wow. of the bucks offensive. Snaps. But he just always felt like he was out there. Well, you would want him on the field as much as possible. Right. right? So even 
course, that was pretty long in his career. Mm-hmm. And he even retired once by then. So right. maybe making him play every snap wasn't a great idea. But 97.2% is amazing. It is. Crazy. Compared to every other tight end in the league. That's what it is when you're young. <laughs> just say I just like, he's like, I like that. I want to be out there. Yeah. I well, like I, he's, he's a really nice, I, I guess we can call him a kid. He, he's just a really good guy. He is a good dude. Yeah. What else you got on that notepad? Well, I would say Chase Edmonds really made the most of his opportunities in that game. I would say I think Chase is healthy. Yes. He had 12 snaps on offense and had eight touches for 48 yards, Mm -hmm. 58 yards maybe. I say that's pretty good. 12 plays and you touched the ball eight times and and actually produced well. And then he also had exactly 12 snaps on special teams and made two solo kick coverage tackles. So, And one was huge. Was it? I don't remember. Yes. Yes, because I remember having to say who it was. Uh-huh. I can't remember when. It but stopped I, it from being a really big play. Yeah, because I remember, I remember, you know, who made, mm-hmm. you know, I remember having to know who it was. Because okay. so much is happening. So 12 snaps on offense and eight touches, 12 snaps on special teams and two tackles. That's really making the most of your playing yeah, time right there. That's great. Of course, I'm, Rashad was doing so well, we didn't need him to come off. Yeah, else. I'm really happy for the O line and the running game. I, I, you can see, you can see them coming together. Hainsey, um, Cody Malk is apparently Cody getting, steadily getting better. better he's playing better. well now. Yep. Um, it was I, a struggle early, but as you would expect. Well, from, he's a rookie. I mean, yeah, not only a rookie, but he came from what North Dakota yeah, State, and right. he, he was a left tackle in college. But he's understanding where he goes, supposed to, you know, where he's supposed to put his hands and all of that, and then. You know, uh, Gedeke is getting better. As well, Gedeke's it, been pretty good all year. Yeah, but I mean, you get all these, that combination going yeah. with Hainsey and... Cohesive. Uh, very much so. Very so much you got so. that, and then you've got, as we talked about last week, uh, Dave Canales saying that Rashad White is being more disciplined Yep, with his decisions of where to go. Yeah, he's not dancing as much as he was. So he's being more decisive as Yeah, well. it's kind of like, I'm supposed to go here, I might, the hole might not be there, but here I come, and then the hole's there. The, the way the place like designed. they drew it up. And, but I will say he, uh, you get him in open space and holy smokes, is he fast? Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, like on that screen. Yeah. 39. Yeah. Kind of yeah. 31. Okay. He just kind of sliced through the whole defense. Mm-hmm. That was fun. I didn't see that coming at all. It was on third and 10. Yeah, I know, but I didn't see him going for a touchdown oh, there. I didn't. I, I think the reason in the back of my mind, I, I mean, even in the front of my mind, I was not going, oh, here's the, here's the touchdown play. I think the reason that that screen worked so well is because it was a very long developing screen. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like he snuck out there to the left, but Baker spent quite a while looking downfield like he was going to throw it somewhere else. Right. And so that. I think that makes sense on a screen pass mm-hmm. because you you want to get the defenders down the field. Right. So they got pretty far down the field, a lot of them did. And by the time Baker turned and threw to Rashad, a lot of the defenders were downfield. And, and he, then he had some good blocking and he just found a seam. Uh-huh. Um, to me, that's what made that play work, how, how long it took for Baker to finally turn. And it was clearly a design play. It wasn't right. an outlet pass. Yeah. It was a design screen pass. Um but it was designed, or, or at least he was allowed to wait a long time. Maybe there was good protection. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. So I, I that was a great play. Obviously, duh. Well, you're gonna need you're gonna need yeah. that. Um, you know, I think they've been talking about developing the running plays or developing the running game, and and Dave Canales has said that 
it takes a number of games to get into it before it starts to mesh, and it looks like it's starting to. So. Well, yeah. So against Indy in Week 12, we had the Bucks offense produce a season-high 125 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. The next week, it topped that against Carolina with 128, right. and now in Atlanta, topped it again at 148. One of those games happens, and then you go back to getting 50 or 60 yards. It's a fluke. Yeah. Do it three times in a row, You're start, and something's starting to click. Correct. Right? So th- that, I mean, that's that's what you got to start doing. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I, I get, I, I get not frustrated, but you know, we get the ball like in the, our first possession and you're moving it, you're moving anything. You oh, this is going to be good. This is going to oh, we're moving. Oh yeah. Okay. We're finally get our first touchdown possession. on the first possession. <laughs> and then no, it, it just, no, it's not going to go down that road. So I'm hoping that, we we get to that point because it would sure be nice to to <laughs> score first and you know make it happen and put a little pressure make people make mistakes that type of stuff. We did score you know? first. It was just only a field goal. Right, right. And with their field goal cook, ki- cooker, with their field goal kicker, if he keeps kicking like he did, he may be a cook. But I'm saying that oh, you know, he's think, good. Don't worry. Yeah, about him. you're go- you're going okay. This is the you know they're going to tie this pretty quickly, and they did. Yeah. So, but we held them inside the 10. Yeah. That we, we do a lot of that bend don't break defense. You know, they get down, get down, and then they just get to the red zone. And we bent all the way to the three yard line on the very last drive. Yeah. How, how did that make you nervous? Of course it made me nervous. Okay. Holy moly. I, just, I watched the Iron Bowl a few I, weeks ago. Did I, you see the yeah, end of that game? Yeah. I was like, as soon as I saw it, just make the tackle, make the tackle, yeah. make the tackle. And no flag, no flag, no, no flag. flag. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it what's weird though is what was it? Thirty one seconds left on the clock. Mm-hmm. I was going, oh please, not Houston not again. again, not again. If this is going to rip my heart out, yeah, if this happens, that would have been disastrous. Right, and then and when it when the game was over with, my initial thought was, damn, why didn't they do that against Houston? You know, that win right now that would have been huge. But got to continue. So I don't mean to keep bringing up my son, but he was at that game. I got him and his girlfriend tickets. Oh, nice. F- field passes. Yeah, you got to go have dinner with your son. That yeah. Was so nice. he said, he, he told me later, he's he's at the game. There was a decent number of Bucks fans in uh-huh. the stands. And there was a, a guy in the seat next to him was a Bucks fan. And he complained the entire game whenever we ran the ball. Really? Yeah. He every Why are they running the ball again? And if, I've, seen, I've seen fans do that. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes... You can They're understand right. yeah. because the run game's doing nothing at all. But I'm like, um, it was working, you know? Yeah, but I think maybe his frustration was we were running the ball every first down. But it was working in the second half, at least. Right. But, I mean, in, in the beginning, you, it was every – um, I, I want to say – I don't have the, the play sheet in front of me, but – I would say it was pretty consistent. I, I, I don't. I think it was late in the game. Well, again, we they were daring through. us to run the ball. Yes, yes, they were putting I, seven in the box, and and I think that's I think that's the part of football that people overlook is what is the defense giving you, and you think that's coach speak, but then you begin to understand the game, and you have to take what they give you, or you're just not going to go anywhere. What do you look? Accountant? What does it say? What does it say? So far, I, in the first half, we ran the ball on five on the first down. But on the first, oh yeah, gosh. first down. No, I didn't. We, I didn't get this right. Let's okay. see. Okay, here I'll go down them. All right, run, run. These are first downs. Yep, run, run, run. That's three. pass. Okay, run. Four out of five. Four. Run, run, run. Yeah, 
Run. 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 Okay, that's one out of nine. Passing Eight. one out of nine. That was the first half. Yep. Second half. Pass. Okay. Uh, this was technically. I don't know if this counts as it was the play where the the high snap. Uh huh. And oh, I don't know if that was going to be a run or a pass. Uh, yeah, but that, it ended up being Rashad running with it. Right. That was high, a, yeah. yeah. That was a little scary. That was very. Scary. It was very scary. Uh, run. So run. Yeah. So run two out of fifteen times. I mean, sometimes yeah. these things are. But but it's like you said. That's what Atlanta was saying. You're going to have to run the ball. We're well, and we did so wet. We did it well in the second. Uh huh. Okay, run. Just going to finish this. Okay. Uh, run, run, pass, run, pass, yeah. run. Yeah, it's a hard go. Pass, pass. There you go. Run. In the, it, well, that was the last drive. Last drive, right. So sometimes, I've talked about before, people have what's called confirmation bias. Uh -huh. And they tend to notice evidence that supports the theory they already have mm -hmm. and uh, ignore or don't notice evidence that goes against their theory. Right. Um, in this case, if you felt like we were running the ball on first down every time, we actually were. Yeah. Okay. So I felt that. But it was working in the second half. Any yeah. coach, if you and I'm not, and and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not the play caller. I'm not saying, but I was. Well, you just brought up a guy saying, "Oh, why are they running the ball?" That might be the reason why. Even though, as you brought up, they were having success with. We it. ran the ball five times on the last drive when there's only three minutes left, and you're trying to get it yeah. down the field. Even then, we ran the ball five times, and it worked. Four of the five times. Right. Um, and think about that. Rewind that game now. And if we had not run the ball those five times, we would have scored with a lot more than 31 seconds left on the clock. They only needed about five more seconds to be able to get off one more pass there, from the three-yard line. There is there. – I'm sure there were people once the Bucks scored said, oh, you left too much time on the <laughs> clock, which is, no, you just got to score. You, you know, you, you, but we, we left less time – on the clock than we would have if we had not been willing to still run the ball. Yeah. And the beauty of it was they could afford to do that because all they needed was a field goal. Yeah. And Baker said afterwards, he's like, it wasn't really a two minute drill because mm -hmm. we weren't in that big of a hurry. Cause we had three, they had like three minutes and 23 seconds when they got the ball. Right. So you didn't have all their time. You out. could still run. Oh, did we have all our timeouts? No, no, but Houston had all their timeouts plus oh. the two minute warning. That I don't know why it matters what Houston had since we were. Oh, I'm Atlanta. sorry. I'm sorry. Atlanta, but Houston had their timeouts too. I thought they didn't have their time out. No, in that game. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I lost my train of thought. I, uh, I, I do that very well. Okay. Here's another one. Is there anything more fun than doing the safety signal to the referee? <laughs> did you see how many guys down there on the field were doing the safety yeah, signal over there? I did it in the press box. I, I thought it was I Dream a Genie. <laughs> <laughs> there's so, another For reference. those of you who would remember there's that. There's another reference most if, of our listeners aren't going to get. No, if you watch, uh, what is it? Uh, What's the oh they run all the old shows? Um, Nickelodeon. It, yeah, but it it's Landa something whatever. Well, I don't know. It's there's one. I don't like old TV, so it, I don't watch yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But everybody has to remember. I it, like okay. I've never seen a single episode it, of it, I Love Lucy. It, what? Not one. I mean, I've seen the little clip of her stomping on grapes. I know she had there was that one. Episode. You've never seen I Not Love one. Lucy. I don't like really old TV shows. I don't like old movies either. Lucy, I'm home. Yeah, I've heard it. No. Desi Arnaz, right? Oh, Lucy. <laughs> this my. is good podcasting. Right oh, here. my goodness. Oh, Scott Smith. I'm not going to go back. But, but but I will say this. Okay, I'll just say it. It's, I do, it does, it is an interesting. Um, <laughs> it do, art. It does. How about this? 
It could be a belly dancer because belly dancers put their hands over sure. their heads. Sure. I got the reference. It was okay. fine. All right. It was fine. All right. And then I'm getting all this flack for not watching I Love Lucy. Well, write in and they're going to say the same thing. Email us if you think there's some old TV shows or movies that you think we should watch. Right. I know I need to watch uh, Casablanca. I've got to. I've got to knock. That, I've got to notch that off. You've never seen that. No, and it's my dad's favorite movie, so I really need to see it. You better round up the. I know. They, I know they say, uh, "Here's looking at you, kid." Right. Yeah. Something like that. Well, we always have Paris. We always have Paris. Yeah. It's got you like know. three really famous quotes in it, right? Yes. What is it? Round up the. Uh... Usual Suspects? Yes, The Usual Suspects. Yeah, that's Which, by the way, is also a good movie. The Usual Suspects. You know what's that? crazy about this? And you weren't there. We were talking about that movie really? at lunch today. Today? Yes, and I did not see it because we were joking about um, the New York Giants quarterback. Tommy DeVito. Uh, yeah, Tommy DeVito's <laughs> agent. And we, were, and we looked at it, and we were kidding around about... Tommy DeVito, you know, Danny's brother, uh, you know, they were doing 300 cutlets for free in the parking lot. Typical New York thing, which is, you know, it's a lot of fun. I, you know, uh, New Yorkers, original New Yorkers are characters. You know, I said like they, you know, they got a tiny over there and, you know, two time Tommy. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, all, all of, <laughs> I'm just saying that that um, they always have these great nicknames. So we were, we were discussing. Uh, and we saw uh, Tommy's agent, and it looked like he belonged in uh, Martin Scorsese's movie. Scorsese. Scorsese. Scor Scorsese. Usual Suspects is a Scorsese movie. No. Oh, okay. No. I didn't think so. But I said Casino. No one. So no, I hadn't seen Casino. And then we were talking about, and I made a comment. I had met Robert De Niro, and then we got into that discussion. <laughs> okay. So then we get to there, and they go, and then they brought up um, the Usual Suspects. Why? Because we're talking about mob movies and how good they were. And I don't think that's a mob movie. Well, they kind of, the kids kind of said it was. And I said, no, I have not seen that. And it was like a 1995 movie. Yeah. You know, um, so I'm going to be starring, looking for it. Starring Kevin Spacey. So that part is yeah, well, well, but... You know, I met him too. Did you? Yes. I met him at uh, the premiere of Analyze This 2, Robert De Niro. He was in that? At, at, yes. Kevin Spacey was. Yes. I what, yeah. Was it Analyze That? Didn't wasn't the first one called Analyze This and the second one? Oh called yeah, Analyze okay, that. yeah, maybe that's what it was. Analyze Billy that. Crystal, yeah, Billy Crystal. He was there. It was a, um, it was kind of a cool thing. I was working at uh, the radio WQYK here in Tampa, and uh, they were doing a premiere for uh, the military people at MacDill Air Force Base, and so they were showing the movie in a hangar with all the service people, and we were invited to go, and then they had a special. Um, reception in the beginning and that's where i got to meet those guys robert yeah. de niro is one of my favorite i'm not a big actor person but i really you know and all the characters that he's played he is such a quiet man really very unassuming huh. very like yay you know but yeah he probably just didn't want to talk to you well there's that too and then kevin's <laughs> kevin was outside like hanging outside the hangar smoking a cigarette the whole time i don't think that that the usual suspects is a mob movie because it's not about the mob. It's not right. about what well, you would think of as the mob. It, maybe, it is some kind of crime organization. Kind of like a New Yorker though type thing. Is that, would you say know. that well, it's not the first thing I think of? Okay. Cause that's kind of where they went with it, but it's, it's a great movie though. But it's funny that I never heard of, I don't Have know. Have you ever why. heard of Kaiser Soze? Yes. Well, that's the, 
that's a main character. Okay. But I was, it was just funny how they were, it cropped up and then you bring it up. That is weird that that would happen. And you weren't even there. I was not there. No. You ate later than I did today. I did. I had a lot. I had to do coach. Oh, don't make it sound like you're busy. I am. Tuesdays, Tuesdays are our busy day, but they're fun days because it's a remote day. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Where do I, I'm sorry. We got on a tangent there. I don't got much left to be honest with you. Okay. Well, we can do questions. Um, I will say that I'm probably going to a supper club on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> I know, and I have, was also included in that. You were invited. Guide. Yes. Yes. Um, it's funny. Um, last week I got to see a, a good friend of ours in Atlanta and you were seeing your son. So you didn't come with us. Um, and then in green Bay, but I also, I have a, um, a childhood friend that lives in Nina, just outside of Appleton, the suburb of Appleton. And uh, I'm going to hook up with them for a few hours. Apparently, so. a supper club is defined as a traditional dining establish- establishment that also functions as a social club. Uh-huh. The term may describe different establishments depending on the region. But in general, supper clubs tend to present themselves as having a high class image, yeah, even if the price is affordable to all. Yes. Yes. You knock on I don't the, know about that. Yeah. I, I went to one a few years ago in Green Bay, and it would. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I you, call that high class. You, uh, well, it might be high class. This might Green be Bay. the one. There's a picture here in this Wikipedia article, and I think yeah. it's the one I went to. Yeah. What's the name of it? Village Bar Supper Club in Wisconsin. Ah. It looks familiar, and it's in Wisconsin. Well, most of the supper clubs look the same, just so you know. The first one ever mm-hmm. was opened in Beverly Hills, but it was by somebody from Milwaukee. So when you got to the door, did you knock on it and the guy slid the door no, open? No, 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 nothing like that. Oh, it wasn't like a speakeasy. They have limited, they generally have limited menus uh-huh. um, with typical American cuisine. Yeah, like I was going to say, I, I think. Prime they, rib, chicken, yeah. fish fries, all you can yeah. eat fish fries. Yeah, I'm sure they got meat and potatoes there. Oh, and they also commonly serve old fashions. Oh, yes. As drinks. Mm. And relish trays. Oh, I remember that too. There's nothing better than a relish there's nothing tray. Nothing better than a relish come tray. Come on, there's pickles of, and yeah. I mean, come on. Green now, onions, now radishes. They, now they're yeah. They served on lazy susans. Oh, you, so you can spin it. So I bet if I asked my over. son what a lazy susan was, he wouldn't know. He probably said girl in his class. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, I got a text back. Uh-oh. Uh oh. From you got a text back. Oh, she says first I need to know if I actually even want dinner tonight because okay. I don't always, and yeah. then I can decide. Okay, I like that. I, that's good. Yes. So I just want to hear what she's going to come ah, up with. Ah, I bet you it's Usually the next question is then what do you what want? What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I hate that. I don't care. What do you I, want? Sometimes I, I, it bothers me. Sometimes I'm cool. I have an idea or something. Yeah. Usually I just like, you know, what am I going to pick up? You know, <laughs> it's just whatever. All right. You want to go on to questions? Yeah, let's do it. Unless you want to talk about Shohei Otani. In his contract. Did you see that? Well, I saw the $700 million and then I see uh, $20 million for 10 years, and then $68 million for the- $680 million. Yeah. $680 million of the $700 million is deferred into like the 2030s. Okay. Do you want to know why? Uh, tax purposes? No. no. Why? To help them with the- Well, the reason the team would like this, but apparently, according to sources, it was Otani that suggested it so that they would have the ability to sign more players and build uh, a better team around them. Right. But um, it reduces his, I can't remember what, it, it, what we would call salary cap hit. Uh-huh. It reduces his, I think, competitive balance tax or something like right. that. So if you reach a certain level on that with all your players combined, then, then the owner has to pay but is $65 million going to be worth as much That's years why. from now? That's why. So what they do is they have a formula. 
And they figure that $680 million in like 2035 and on is only worth like 460000 right now. All right. Because there's going to be inflation. And that's sure. that 780, $680 million in the 2030s and 40s isn't going to be worth what it's worth now. That's crazy. And they have a formula for that. And so the team is only charged with what that money will be worth then. Oh, and so okay. instead of costing them 70 millions of competitive yep. bounce tax, it's only a $48 million hit. And so they have more room to who, spend money. Who is the Mets guy that's getting paid off? Bobby, Bobby Bunny. I think yeah. that's yeah. over. Yeah. No, is it, did he finally cash out? I, it might be over. So it's similar to that, but I mean, Jay's $20 million a year is not a bad living. And then I don't know what's going on here. She asked if I wanted dinner. I said, yes. Okay. And then she said, do you want dinner again? And then she sent me a little sticker emoji of, I think a cat. Oh, um, you're having cat? No, the cat is stirring the pot. Oh, so you're having cat food. Maybe we're having stew. Oh. No, food made by a cat who also appears to be drinking a cocktail. Oh, that's a cool cat. (laughs) cool customer <laughs> so maybe we'll find out the answer by the end of this show okay but instead until until let's go ahead and read some e-mails. let's i'll listen you read isn't that always the way you do it yes not a ton of them this week okay that's fine three four oh, that's enough all right phil schwadron in california yep. hey s dogs i have a story about sunday oh living in california i don't get to hear the radio broadcast and i haven't bought any nfl packages but i think he can listen to it now if he goes to buccaneers.com on a desktop he can do that if you let me finish reading um, my this, you wouldn't have had to say anything oh damn so i rely on the buccaneers app to follow the game this can be occasionally frustrating as the information on each play of a drive doesn't always post in a timely manner. Oh, and sometimes reading. it's inaccurate at first and then corrected after a few minutes. Oh, I guess he's reading, he's it. reading it. On the final Falcons drive, after we take the lead, 29-25, I'm w- waiting and waiting for the plays to post. Then the final play comes in. Ritter to London, tackle it at three, but according to the post, as it first came in, there were still three seconds left. Oh, God, I thought, we're going to lose like we did in Houston. I'm waiting and waiting for the final play to come in. I'm pacing, sweating, and praying. Then the final comes in, we win. I check to see what happened on the three-yard line with three seconds left, only to find the play was corrected to say it started with three seconds left, and the game ended when London was tackled at the three. Mm. Please tell the Buccaneers front office they will be hearing from my lawyer. It took me two hours to calm down. That's reckless disregard for my well-being. Yes. Thanks for reading this epic saga. We are the division leaders. Let's keep it going. Well, I'm not sure who uh, types that out, but we'll have a little discussion with. So that. the I was I was presented with options. Oh, one of which is steak, steak. which I think I'm going to say no because I yeah. try not to use much okay. red meat. Soup and sandwiches because it's so cold out. Oh yeah, that's a good one. And she said she can make picadillo. I don't even know if you know what that is. What is picadillo? It's a ground beef, uh, uh, his, uh, Cuban dish. Oh. on rice. Oh, that sounds good. It's it's good. She's oh. good. Oh. I I. You going to the soup and sandwich? I'm. I'm not. I'm going to tell her she can have. Whatever she can she decide, wants. but I don't want steak. Okay, so it's uh, the other two. All right. I mean, I love steak. Steak is probably my favorite food in the whole world. Yeah. Hey, Phil. Just so you know, if <laughs> you um, go to Buccaneers.com on a desktop, uh, you can you can listen to the game on the desktop. It's geo blocked on the app, but on the desktop, you should be able to hear it. We've had this. Uh, been talking with the IT people, both 
uh, internally and NFL. So it should be there. And I keep forgetting when we're on the road, I want to hit it myself and see if it's there, but I get sidetracked. And so I'm going to in Green Bay. Um, but yeah, there, there, I love that you're following it on the Bucks app, but I can tell you that you can also follow games, um, I don't know, on other, like the NFL stuff. They're a little more accurate quickly, especially if you're waiting that long. Wonder Why would he have to wait so long? I don't know, Jeff. Do we do that? Do we do what? Do we, do we have someone doing the play-by-play? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why it takes so long. All right. This is from Mark in Mesa, Arizona. All right. Dogs. Man, that victory felt good. It did. And getting revenge on the road gave it a little extra something. Uh-huh. Is it me, or was the DJ in Mercedes-Benz Stadium a little extra, in, in quote marks, trolly with the little song clips played in between plays and possessions? Wow, he's really paying attention. One prominent example was after an incomplete pass on third down, they played the chorus of the song, Hey Man, Nice Shot, uh-huh. a song I like quite a bit. I realize all the stadiums must do this to a degree, but it seemed to have been a point of emphasis yesterday. But to quote Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it doesn't matter. I didn't know. Does he say that? I have no idea. In all caps, because we still came away with a win. So I have some some thoughts on this. I think he says it himself. Yeah, every team kind of does some of that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they might play the Jeopardy music when they're looking at a um, judge. Yeah, looking at a replay. Um, Playing. But, okay, so. Until this year, last year, last time we went up there in week 18, right? The last, right. Yeah. And the yeah. press box was fully glassed enclosed, like ours is at Raymond James. Yeah. Before this season, they removed that and made it an open-air stadium. Yes. Open-air press box. Right. And beforehand, um, Andrew was like, I really like this open-air. This is I like open-air press boxes, and it's a it's – a, it's a, um, dome yeah so you don't have to worry about the weather so and i agree with him i'm like yeah that is nice but by the end of the game i was feeling differently because i was just tired of the music man right. they, they they would not let a second go by that whenever there was an action they were blaring music and you know they're creating a fun atmosphere for the fans and i get it but after a while i was like enough well that's enough. because you're working i know but it was just it if, was you were, if you were if you were if you were partying yeah i mean they, 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 did you notice that they had a chugging contest? I did. Now, did that not strike you as, I can't believe they're doing that? Well, the, what struck me about that is I wouldn't do it. I don't want to chug. If, well, I probably just paid $15 for this beer. <laughs> no, no, actually, well, I don't know how much they cost there. I do know the hot dogs are cheap. There. Al, that's one of the things that Alex uh, was amazed by. Right. He's like, hot some dog. of the concessions were so cheap. Yeah, hot dog. They, um, they had like $5 hamburgers? Yes, yes. They... They on those games they have uh special well it's lower pricing uh for food and beverage which for families all of them oh for for and, families yeah well Alex said he got I'm, but what I'm saying for families is that's their mentality oh. is if you come to the game because it's so you expensive can afford to bring it forth. yes yes Alex says he got a, a souvenir cup soda that uh-huh. was fully refillable right. For like four dollars, yeah, that is a good price. That's a good at price a game, at a game. game. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Okay. Um, next one. But I. But if you're working, yeah. Well, if you're working, you know, like for me, the music's always pounding, and it's you know I, I'm hearing it double double whammy because I'm also hearing TJ's microphone in my headset, and I agree with you. But if I'm in the stands, it's a lot of fun. So there, and each stadium's different. Now, when we go to Green Bay. 
we're going to hear a lot of classic rock. Now, I will hate Go Pack Go. Hate it. Just hate when they do that. But they do it very well. So I was finally presented with three choices. Oh. Since I took steak off. Okay. She added, she added one. So we have soup and sandwiches, picadillo, and she added Chinese food. Ooh. And asked me which one sounds best. And I'm like, Chinese. So you're picking it up? I don't know. We'll see. I bet. Is she going to make Chinese food? No, we get it from the same place. Okay, so you're picking it she up. She does make, um, uh, we do we do a stir fry uh-huh. uh, Szechuan chicken oh. with uh, carrots, broccoli, bamboo shoots. It's really good. Mm. Okay. Look at that. You're just making it great. I think I'm having chicken tonight, if anybody wanted to know. I'm just... <laughs> But I don't really want to know what I was. But I don't really know whether I am or not because <laughs> I haven't shot the text yet. Dinner. We don't have a very good division of um, what of labor on that issue because I don't cook very often. No, I, don't, I should probably cook more often. I don't cook and I don't grill. But I'll go out. I don't grill either. No. But I'll go out and pick up food. Oh yeah, I that. have no problem doing that. <laughs> that I mean, I've got it down to ben, depending on traffic patterns on where I need to go. And I never get food delivered. I always go get it. I do too. I am a big proponent of that. All right. Next one is from Daniel in uh, Palm Harbor. Okay. Ahoy, Salty Dogs, and happy holidays to you guys. Thank you. It feels great to win back-to-back games Uh, and keep our division and keep our playoff hopes alive. Yep. I'm with you. Our team is definitely resilient. That's for sure. And we play for 60 minutes and never give up. This is going to be a wild, crazy, and unpredictable final month of the season. And in the NFC South, I'm thankful to have you guys along through this roller coaster ride of the last part of the regular season. Oh, well, you. we're glad to have you along too. Sure. I have two questions. What's the easiest and hardest way to make the playoffs? I think mm, he means from yeah. right now. The easiest win. is win. <laughs> the easiest is to win the division. Yeah. Which also gives you But hope. when you say win the division, you you have to win games. Yeah, but I think he's saying path to the playoffs. Okay, so let me ask you this cuz inquiring minds. When you win the division, if you didn't beat Green Bay and you didn't beat Jacksonville, but you beat New Orleans and you beat the Panthers, can you win the division? You can, but now you're relying on. Okay, so now you need help. You, yeah, okay. yeah, you need help if you lose even one game. Okay. Because Atlanta obviously could, or New Orleans, could win in their last four. Okay. And if that's the one game the Bucks lost to New Orleans. So, um, yeah, you're going to need help, but not a whole lot of help if you just lose one of those two non-division games. If you lose them both, I'd have to plug it into the calculator. But now you're you right. need for either Atlanta or New Orleans not to win three of their last four, and I don't right. think either you one has a terribly right. hard schedule left. So Atlanta has. I think Atlanta and and um, New Orleans play the last they game do, of the year. So they can't both win out. Right. Um, Atlanta has is at Carolina, who has who's one in what eleven? Yeah, one 12. in twelve. Indianapolis, which Indy's up and down. Yeah, they beat us, right? Yeah, they're up and down. Mm-hmm. Um. They weren't. They weren't up this week. I think they lost. They did. Uh, and then they have at Chicago, which a month Bears, ago I'd have been like, yeah, yeah. There's one, but the Bears are. They they're won, looking what, frisky. Four, four, I think they were four and zero, oh, and now they're four uh, and zero. Oh, you mean zero oh and four or zero oh and four? And now they're five and nine. Is that what it was? Five and eight. Or yeah, they they the remarkable comeback in the last uh, few weeks. Um, things gelling for Chicago. So they've I won would... three of their last four. Okay. Well, they beat Carolina. All right. They beat Minnesota. All right, it's a big one. Without Kirk Cousins. Right. 12 to 10. Yeah. 
they almost beat the Lions once. Yeah. Lions made a crazy comeback at the end, and now they beat the Lions yeah. this time. Justin Fields has started to play really well in the last month, and their defense, which was god-awful in the early part of the season, is actually coming around now. Yeah, and you were thinking the Lions are going to run away with everything. And, they still uh, have a, They still are going to win that division. Yeah. They're 9-4. and four. Minnesota's 7-6 and six and crumbling a little bit. I mean, 7-5. Yeah. and five. Seven and whatever. Mm-hmm. You get the point. So what you're basically saying is you just got to keep winning. And then New Orleans finishes with um, the Giants at home. Giants have been frisky lately. At the Rams, and the Rams are playing great. So I like that one. Yep. Then at the Bucks, we've already beaten them once, and we'll be at home. And then yeah. they are at home against Atlanta. So it's a tougher road for New Orleans. Sure. Atlanta's road on paper doesn't look that hard. But we have a tough road. If you look at the Packers, you look at uh, the Jags. The, Jags, yeah. but, the Packers but, are playing well. You, you can... We also get to play the Panthers again. Yeah. Although it's there. Correct. And then we play the Saints. Right. Which is always a tough game. Yes. All right. I can't stand up now because I'm reading the emails. All right. You're next. Uh, he had one more question. Okay. Uh, so the easiest is to win the division. The hardest would be to win a wild card just because there's so many, many. teams yeah. in that big bunch. You kind of got to win out. Somebody's going to win out or at least win three or four. Right. So you can't probably win two of your four and get the wild card. You're right. You're not going to get the wild card at eight and nine. No. No. What are we right now? Six and seven. Okay. Six and seven. Also, will you, Scott, will you, Scott, you. and Casey Phillips be doing a path to the playoff series of video like you've done in the years past? Oh. Thanks for reading my email and keep up the good work. Love the podcast. And the answer to that is yes, starting this week on really? Thursday. Wow. Um, we, we're going to do it from here on out. We waited a little longer than usual because, as everybody knows, before this, these last two games, if we'd have lost one or both of these last two games, it would kind of been irrelevant. And then before we probably should have done one last week, but but if we'd have lost that Atlanta game, we'd have been in a really bad spot. Right. And yeah. But now that we're right there and every week should matter. Yeah, we're going to do it. So good question. A very good question. All right. Uh, this is from Alexander in, in Brazil. Ahoy, salty ones. This is the last one. All right. Hope you f- hope this finds you both well. A very important win on Sunday, and I never thought we could win this game with Mike having one catch for eight yards and no TDs. Yeah. It's great to see Antoine Winfield Jr. playing alongside Levante David every day. Preach. Great <laughs> great team we have. And as TJ Reeves said it, if you are sad because we won and our draft position is worse, get out of here. Go Bucks. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Could the Falcons lineman who recovered the strip sack in the red zone attempt to pass to avoid the safety is that legal since you did? Thanks for reading. Well, first of all, it was a fullback, right. not a lineman. Okay. He is a big guy. That's probably why I thought that. So, Ritter's made to fumble. Keith Smith picks it up. He got tackled immediately, so he really didn't have a chance to pass. But, yes, the answer is it would have been because legal. Because it's behind the line the of scrimmage. The ball has not crossed the line of scrimmage, and no forward pass has yet been attempted. So, yes, ah, he can atta- he could, he he could have it. thrown the ball, which probably would have been a very bad decision because it probably <laughs> would have been a pick six. A very bad decision. So, um, yes, the answer to that question, it's an interesting question. It's a Because you question. don't see situations like that hardly ever come no. up. So, all right. But I do, I do like what DJ said. If you're worried about the draft pick, get out of here. Was that on the nothing but bugs? I must be. It must be, which is, that's funny. That's yeah, I would say a couple of weeks ago, we probably had a lot of fans who were, who were wishing we'd start losing games. I... When I hear that, to me, you're not a fan. I just that's now, a little dismissive. Well, yeah, what you want your team to win, and honestly, draft picks, it's a crapshoot. I mean, you just don't know. For every Patrick Mahomes, there's pick one. Zach Wilson. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah. Jamar Russell. But all things being equal, if you're going to have a draft pick, you'd rather have it be five than 20. Yeah, but I've been around a long time, and we've had a lot of high picks, and we've done well, but it takes more than just one guy. Well, so. and, and all, I all that does not refute the fact that a fifth overall pick is more valuable than a 20 yeah. overall pick. But it I think is. But I think probably what I should say is where we are this year, I think you want to keep winning because you of are. Of course, we were never out of it. We should, right. I agree that that was the wrong little, thing to do, but, but I don't think you can completely dismiss anybody that thought that as, an, as not a fan. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm trying to be inclusive here, Jeff. You're trying to scare people off. Not at all. Not at all. All right. That's they're, all I got, they're, Jeff. They're going to hate no matter what you do. So. Haters going to hate? Because that's like that's like people, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Uh, it, it's kind of like, well, if you get to the playoffs, you're only going to play one game. And, you know, you're not going to, you know, there are teams that would just get into the playoffs. We're not going to remember many years with the Buccaneers. Just get into the playoffs. Then when you get into the playoffs, you're not winning enough playoff games. And then if you're not winning enough playoff games, then. Yeah, when you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, you won the Super Bowl. When, are you going to repeat again? I mean, it just, it's never, you, you feed the monster. If we win the division, we will most likely be the four seed and have a and home most game. likely have a home game against either Dallas or Philadelphia. Right. Talk and about we an will, excitement. We will probably be, we would probably be the underdogs in either sure. of those matchups. No question. But that doesn't mean it's impossible and you can't win if you don't get there. 1979. The Eagles came down to the big sombrero. Were they heavily favored? They were heavily favored against the Buccaneers. And then Ricky Bell went crazy. And 24-17. It was no one gave the Buccaneers a chance. In fact, uh, that was when um, um, they finally, you know, pregame shows would travel and CBS traveled on down. Brett Musburger, Jane Kennedy. Big time. You remember Jane Kennedy? You don't Not really. Okay. I remember Brett Musburger. Okay. So, anyways, it was a big, big to do, and Buccaneers. I don't think a lot of people thought the Bucks were going to win in Philadelphia in in two thousand two either. No, and I don't think a lot of people thought the Buccaneers were going to win in New Orleans in twenty twenty, and then they weren't going to definitely not win in Lambeau in twenty twenty. And oh, by the way, they were not going to win. They're not going to be against Patrick the Mahomes. And they're not. Yeah, uh, just so not you got to get there to win. Sure, got to get there. And I'm always for. You know, I understand. Give us a like, shot. Yeah, I understand why. You know, if you're taking up all the odds and everything, you're going oh 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 oh. But you know what? I think I want to be in it. I think the point of view on the other side would be, okay, let's say you win the division, you get to hang a banner. You're nine and eight. You get to hang a banner. You lose in the first round of playoffs. If that happens, was that worth it to have? You know, now moving forward, you have this pick instead of that pick. Was it worth it to you? It's worth it to me. Yes. The answer is yes, it was worth it. But you also could say all the other teams that get to the, you get to the Super Bowl and you lose. And was it worth it to get there and then lose? It hurts, but it, it was hurts. worth it. Yeah. You know, but I'm just saying, you got you to get into the dance. I'm a, I'm a fan in baseball of the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, you are. And. Like they had a bad year last year, they but did. it was one of the last times, first times in like the last like twenty something years right. that they've had a losing record, I think. And I know I didn't get one tiny bit upset because they've been in it. They've given they've had a chance mm -hmm. almost every year for like two decades. That's all you can ask for because you're not going to win the World Series every year. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. But the more times you have a chance. 
ask the eventually San, you get a shot. You eventually at, get it. Ask the San Diego Padres if they're happy that they got into the dance. They probably were. Yeah. Did they get in? Yeah. Padres went to the World Series, did they not? Last year? This year. This yeah, this past year. Wasn't it against the was it or maybe was it Arizona? I thought that no, no, Arizona. 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 Arizona snuck in. They were like 14 games behind. Some craziness. They didn't win it. But no, I'm, but they got there. So yeah, I think the Padres were actually an epic disappointment last year. Yeah, they were. I take it back. But they did make the playoffs, and then I think I think no, they didn't make. No, the playoffs. I don't think the Padres made the playoffs really? last year. They were they were so hot. They were not. They were bad considering the talent that they put together. For some, I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing my years. Maybe you're just confusing. I'm always confused. San Diego went 82 and 80. And where did they? Did go? not make the playoffs. Okay. Arizona was 84. 84 and 78. And they made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I didn't got, they? I, didn't they play Texas in the World Series? They did. And Texas won. They did. Which, it was the first. It was the first championship for the Rangers. And the reason why they didn't have another one was because the St. Louis Cardinals yep. made an amazing comeback with David Freeze in game six of the 2011 World Series and then but, won it in but, game seven. But there you go. I mean, there were teams that had over 100 wins and got blown out of the playoffs immediately. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I, I'm with you, Scott. Get into the playoffs and go. Just make it happen. All right. Anything else? Nope. All right. I'm going to go get some I, Chinese food. Is that what you decided? Is that what? Yeah. It, that's it. So huh? it'll probably be cashew chicken. Okay. Um, she might get hot and sour soup. Ooh. Crab rangoon. Mm. Um, probably if you get a certain if if you buy a certain dollar amount, they give you free steam dumplings, which oh. are great. And then maybe um, Szechuan beef. Uh, no, no chicken fried rice. She might get fried rice, but it would I be love fried it would rice. be special fried rice if it okay. has like three or four different. Yeah, things. I love fried rice. That's that's a good. So there's only two of us, so we really don't need all of those items. Well, maybe you can have it for dinner tomorrow, too. Yeah, we would definitely have leftovers. There you go. Okay. All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.